welcome back to another installment of the Contemplo de Corazón with Julie Calderon, Mujer Evolving. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 4, Practicing in a Pandemic. Welcome back to the Contemplo de Corazón. I want to just do a brief check-in so that you know that I am benefiting greatly from the winter break at work. This is the first time that I have produced an episode within a pretty short window of time from the previous episode. So I'm really proud of myself and also encouraged by the reading and prayer and just plain downtime that I am enjoying during this winter break from work. I did uh, have a shorter winter break than some of my fellow principals. I chose to go into work for a few days, but now it makes the downtime so much sweeter. So I'm going to go ahead and transition into episode four. So the pandemic, which we are still in, was not, has not been a great time for my contemplative journey. Some might think that this would have been the ideal amount of time at home away from work and all those distractions. Many of us, myself included, may have thought that it would be a good time for more reading, more prayer, and achieving that meditative state that leads to contemplation. That is not at all how it played out. So let me rewind back to February of 2020. A lot of people uh, said that they had no idea that this was coming. However, I had been in New Orleans during Mardi Gras season to run the Rock and Roll Half Marathon. So our hotel was still dropping off the morning paper with our complimentary continental breakfast. And in the papers, deaths were already being reported in New York. So this disturbed me. Uh, We didn't attend any parades during our stay. It was too rainy. But the race itself involved tens of thousands of people. I didn't know the term super spreader event at the time, but I told my daughter that the events like ours could easily spread this virus. We left and came home and weeks later, NOLA became one of the pandemic's earliest hotspots. And we were really heartbroken because we'd really loved our hotel and the staff there. And we were really concerned about how they all were doing. And a month later for us here in California, work and school were shut down. We came home supposedly for a month and we were expected to work from home and we improvised and learned as we went. Now I was still having to physically go into work because in my district, all the administrators and managers had to help our nutrition services staff prepare meals for students and families. I think this happened probably across the state and possibly even across the country. So because I was already going out from home, I became our family's runner for groceries and of course to stand on those lovely lines at Costco. And going out created this whole new set of tasks, usually for coming back from being out. Once I got home, I would change my entire outfit. I would rinse my throat with hydrogen peroxide solution. I would shower. I would wipe down all the surfaces and items with alcohol wipes. There was a lot more laundry to be done. There was more cleaning to do. That's already my least favorite task. Work went on, you know, not as normal. It was virtual. However, now I was fielding all these very detailed questions from staff and parents. Along with my staff, we were working on urging our students to log in. And eventually we had to shift from seeing this as a short-term situation to realizing it was going to be an entire school year online. 
during this time, my mom had gone to Peru to be with family and she was subsequently stuck in Peru for six months due to the borders closing. So there was a lot to think about on the professional and personal front. How I practice contemplation changed. For me, contemplative practices require discipline and structure. My mind tends to work over time. So routine is comforting. I had always associated praying the liturgy of the hours with waking up and stretching before my morning workout. And I'd always prayed the rosary during my contemplative commutes. Now, both of these routines changed depending on the demands of my job. Sometimes I was commuting, but a lot of times I wasn't. So, you know, in episode three, I shared that you don't have to be religious to seek out ways to become a contemplative practitioner. For me, however, my faith opens me up to contemplation. But because of the virus, I ended up being away from church for a year. You know, I volunteer as a lector and a Eucharistic minister. I go to weekly mass. And this stopped and became virtual. I continued with my spiritual reading and daily prayer, but I was inconsistent depending on what was going on. So in addition to all those drastic changes to my daily and weekly routine, I was also writing the first novel that I had begun in about 20 years. So my mind was overwhelmed with work, creative ideas, personal fears and anxieties about living in the pandemic. It didn't leave a lot of room for contemplation. Now, before you say that COVID ruined everything for me. It actually didn't. There were two positives that came out of this time, particularly the time at home. So first of all, there was a significant increase in time spent outdoors. Uh, our, my gym shut down. I continued to work out and take dance class on Zoom, but I did spend a whole lot of time outdoors with my family for walks. Our dog has never been in greater shape because we were probably out daily. And it was an opportunity to get out of the house, to see the sky and the trees. In episode two, I talked about how connecting with nature is one way I can reconnect with everything. Helps me feel gratitude and move through gratitude into being. Walking can help you just be. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, as taught by one of my favorite practitioners, Tish Nhat Han. A mindful walk helps you to observe your movements, your breathing, your pace. You are asked to observe what happens when you change one of those. So a lot of those daily walks became mindful walks. I would fall into this rhythmic pattern. My mind would empty. I would feel at one with myself and the world. In spite of this situation, I did not yet understand which I feared. So those walks were wonderful. I also got to hike in the hills once a week as part of my workout schedule. It was a great way to familiarize myself with my local area and see new sites. I miss those morning hikes and, and seeing the sunrise. Those were really special occasions. I also found an online resource which I neglected to include in episode three. So because I was concerned about the mental health and well-being of my students, I found a resource through UC Berkeley, the Greater Good Science Center. They're an organization at Cal that focuses on the science of mental health wellness practices. They have a great website, a podcast, and various newsletters. I audited one of their courses for free. The course is the science of happiness. And what I appreciated about this course is that it broke down the various components for leading an emotionally healthy life. And not surprisingly, those include contemplative practices. It was a legitimate class. There was a lot of reading and exercises. I learned about a lot of different practices and was introduced to other practitioners. They are a wonderful resource, and I definitely will be linking them in the show notes. 
A pandemic is a cataclysmic crisis. A pandemic doesn't lend itself to getting yourself to a place of inner peace. When I reach the state of contemplation, I am moved from the overwhelm in my head, heart, and soul to a space where I can breathe freely and feel at one with everything around me. When I'm in a heightened sense of anxiety and fear, when I'm thinking it's possibly the end, it is difficult to move past those emotions. As I've shared, I chose to live a busy life to get away from my negative thoughts and actions. And after I fell apart and got myself back together, routine kept me stable. Contemplation sustains me, but it takes work to reach that state. And so the pandemic presented some new challenges. Recently, one of my mentors posted an exercise online in which we would identify three qualities someone embodies. She, we did this for her and then she returned the favor. So one of the qualities she identified in me was that I am in spirit. It was such a great compliment from someone that I admire and respect. And that statement served to motivate me to move forward with this podcast. Being in spirit is important to me. It is one of the calls I have in life to help other people understand that you can lead a full life and you can still attend to your spiritual needs. Some may argue that if the pandemic hadn't happened, I wouldn't have had the time to make this work a year-long project and an actual podcast. The pandemic didn't stop my journey, but it sent it in different directions. And in the long run, I know it'll only enrich my commitment to these practices. In the next several episodes, I will host a reunion with my Legion of Mary chapter. I talked about them in the previous episode, and it will be the first time that we have been together in years. My special guests will share how contemplative practices fit into their busy lives as moms and professionals. I will also share, as I did in episode two, just the different activities that help me get into my contemplative corazón. And that will wrap up season one. And I'll be able to move forward with season two, which will include more conversations with guests about their own contemplative journeys. I look forward to continuing to open my corazón to new learning. And I hope that you will join me. Gracias for tuning in to the Contemplative Corazón with Julie Calderon of Mujer Evolving. You will find show notes at MujerEvolving.com at the Contemplative Corazón tab, where you will find links and other content. Please look for me on Instagram at Mujer Evolving. Please like and subscribe to this podcast via Spotify and Google Podcasts. Gracias por su apoyo. Thank you for the support.